Welcome back to Brody Talks Hockey. Today we have a very special guest who dominated in the BCHL, where he won Rookie of the Year, as well as the Brett Hull Trophy, which is awarded to the top scorer. He then was a first-round draft pick for the Pittsburgh Penguins, where he was an absolute beast on the ice, resulting in a Stanley Cup championship in 2016. So excited to have such a hockey legend on the pod. Please welcome the GOAT himself. Guys, how are you doing? Good, good. I'm doing amazing. I just want to say, like I said earlier, thank you so much again. It means so much to me to have you on. Yeah, brother. I, I, if if I can get that intro everywhere I go, I'd, I'd join no matter what. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, uh, I just wanted to tell you a little bit of info about uh, how the interviews usually work. Uh, usually start it with a couple career-based questions take it to some off ice stuff. And then we finish it with a game that I call rapid fire. And you're going to have a minute to answer a bunch of random questions, some hockey, some history, some movies, a bunch of random stuff. And yeah, we'll explain it more when we get into it. But yeah, (laughs) just to start it off, I wanted to dive right into your youth hockey experience. I know you're from California. Uh, Could you tell me a little bit about that and how it, how it might differ from Minnesota? Yeah, California was weird growing up because we were mainly uh, roller guys. Um, I started in roller from three uh, all the way up to eight. And then I made a little bit of a transition over to ice hockey um, just because there wasn't many hockey rinks at the time. I mean, I was was a 91. Gretzky came, I think it was an 89 to to the Kings. So it started that influx of kids wanting to play ice hockey because it was the new cool thing to do. But like my first roller hockey tournament was in... um, was at the Great Western Forum in the parking lot. Uh, and they, they said, if you come play in the roller tournament, you get tickets to the game at night. So that was kind of how it, I garnered interest in the sport of ice hockey. And then I played a bunch of sports, uh, soccer, baseball, uh, but mainly roller hockey. And then as I grew up, I just kind of saw that there was no real future in roller or that there wasn't one for me. And um, by, by 14 or 15, I kind of put roller by the wayside and and committed fully to ice hockey and it ended up working out and it was it was an awesome experience i would i would always tell kids though be well-rounded uh try different sports see what you like kind of learn different different things different um skill sets and i think that kind of helped me get to where i was that the fact that it wasn't one-dimensional yeah definitely and i'm not too familiar with roller hockey could you tell me a little bit about that and do you have to like wear like pads and stuff for that as well yeah when i when i got re- reintroduced to it so growing up it was no pads it was basically just knee pads uh elbow pads gloves roller blades and a helmet um so you're there's no hitting it's four on four no offsides no icing it's like a, it's like a true puck possession game just trying to kind of move guys around the ice to get opportunities um, two-on-ones, whether it be a two-on-one or a breakaway or whatnot. So it is, it's a game of uh, chess out there. You're just trying to hold on to the puck. I remember just growing up, like trying to transition from ice where it's all north-south, trying to get to the net and then in roller, like you might be going to the net, but a little bit of pressure on your, on your shoulder and you just might turn it back and fire it back to your goalie just the reset and uh, it's almost like soccer in that way, kind of reset, stretch the defense out a little bit and, and try to find opportunities that way. 
it was great for me. It kind of softens your hands, but it kind of ruins your skating. So I think that's where it hurt me in the, in the ice game. But uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. I met a lot of my best friends through roller hockey. Could be eating cheeseburgers like two minutes before the game and just go out there and play a championship game. So it was very, it was very relaxed in that in that way. And that's kind of how the Californians got that uh, that relaxed um, kind of lazy uh demeanor about them it's not that we're lazy it's just kind of that's what we grew to know growing up like you could just be in your gear all day not even warm up and just go play for the drop of the puck definitely and then when did you say was your first time putting on like real hockey skates i saw my first pair of roller skates was three and then my first pair of ice i think i would do a public skate when i was like seven or eight um and then just learning how to stop at like the local rink. Uh, there wasn't many rinks growing up. So it was finding ice and uh, getting out there. My parents would just take, we just wanted to skate around and see if we liked it. Then I, I, it w- I was eight years old and I played for the El Segundo regions. And I started to like, like ice hockey, um, just kind of developed. I like the, that they were so different from each other, you know, get a taste of both. Um, some days I'd go play roller games in the morning to an ice game, back to roller, back to ice. And it was, it was just funny, the, dif- the differentials from playing both, sport, both sports at the same time, but trying to keep your head on straight for what you're supposed to do when you're out there. Um, so when I was eight, I didn't really fully transition to ice until I was like 13, 14, and just kind of nixed roller out of my life um, just because it got too hard. Like the guy, eight, the game got so much more intense that it wasn't like possible to play four or five games in a day. So I just had to put it by the wayside and focus on one thing. Yeah, for sure. And I know that you were saying, and I'm kind of familiar with uh, California not having the most hockey arenas. So what was your experience like traveling around during that time? And did you have any cool stories that kind of like stuck, stood out to you? Uh, Honestly, it was it was awesome. I love traveling because I I went to, I was a private school kid, so my teachers were very um, they worked with me a lot. I mean, I was I went to middle school and elementary school with a class of about thirteen or fourteen people. Like I remember my best story from growing up from just traveling is um, I was playing for national. I think this was 06, and I was fourteen. I was I had to have been a bantam bantam to play. We're in Rochester. Um, I missed a week of school just trying to focus on hockey and I just made a deal with all my my teachers like hey if we go win a national championship can you just give me A's on everything and ended up winning and came back no worries and got A's on everything because they they, I mean California they're like there's no way you're going to go beat the Detroit's the Minnesota's of the world and came back with a natty and a bunch of A's. That's insane (laughs) that's insane that they actually followed through on that I'd be like, there's no way they're going to (laughs) actually. Yeah. I mean, I was like, Hey, like you guys promised me. And they're like, ah, you're, you're right. Granted, I was a pretty good student up to that point. So it was almost like creating a little bit less work for them. So they wouldn't have to like stay afterwards to see me take tests or whatnot. So it ended up being a fun story. That's awesome. And then uh, that leads me into going into the BCHL where you were with the Penticton V's uh, we've had a couple of people on the pod who played for Penticton. Could you tell us a little bit about that experience and how you even ended up over there? 
Yeah, so I was I was draft, drafted in the futures draft for uh, Tri-City Storm in the USHL. Um, I was protected by the Calgary Hitmen in the WHL. And then um, Fred Harbinson in the um, BCHL came to me and was like, we want to play, we want you to play for our team. But at that time, BCHL, was, I, had, I didn't really know anyone who had went and played up there. So I was kind of solely focused on USHL and WHL. Um, I didn't really like the USHL route. I've heard, I had heard mixed things up to that point. I had visited the city. It wasn't really against that. I was just kind of coming from California, wanted to do something a little bit um, out of the realm of what's normal for us. So I told my parents, hey, I want to go to the WHL. And my dad just put it, hey, you're not 18 yet. You can't, you can't make a decision that's going to uh, eliminate some options for you, like eliminating college option. I could have played juniors and still gone to the WHL once I turned 18. But under his, uh, under his roof, it was his rules. And uh, I really respected him for that because it kind of, it gave me a little clarity. And um, I guess Fred had called my parents and said, hey, what, what can I do to like lock this down? Um, and I didn't even know this. And, he, and they go, hey, it's his, his journey. Like, I don't know, like he just doesn't want to come to the Penticton. And then me and my buddy David were actually, uh, we were in bodyboarding in uh, Huntington Beach that morning. And we were just went and ate breakfast. I'm like, screw it. Like, I'm just gonna do something that, that no one thinks I'm gonna do. Called up Fred. So told Fred before I even told my parents and I was like, Hey, Fred, I'm just going to, I'm going to come to BCHL and uh, make it work. And he was like, he had was kind of in disbelief that I like decided that because leading up to that point, he's like, there's no way he's coming. And then the next thing I was just like, as cliche as it sounded, I was in the water. I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't need to do the route that everyone else has done up to this point. I want to do something different. Ended up being one of the best years of my life. Met some of my best friends and we had a great team, so it worked out. That's awesome. That's a super cool story. I was going to ask you, I know that uh, the Canuck Stadium is kind of close to Penticton. Did you ever get to go see a game when you were there? No, I I mean, my first Canucks experience was playing when I was in Pittsburgh. Um, in Penticton, that, that season was so crazy because I had just gone from youth hockey, 17 years old, and like, the only thing I've ever known and into uh, Western Canada with a roommate, Ben Sexton. He's now assistant coach at Belleville uh, for the Belleville Senators. And it was just such a new experience. Got a set of billets, had to move to a different set of billets about a month in, um, played the start of that season, went to World Junior A Challenge, went to a prospects tournament in, I think like Flin Flon, Manitoba, I don't even remember then all of a sudden it's Christmas. So I go home for Christmas, enjoy seeing my buddies and like having a good time and come back from that. And now this NHL attention started happening. So as fun as it was, I didn't really get to enjoy that year, which was like looking back on it. Like I didn't understand how cool of a place Penticton was, how awesome the people were because it was such a blur, but um, definitely if any junior players want to go play junior A, that's the spot to be. Yeah, definitely. It seems like uh, you had your fair share of stuff on your hands, though. You're super busy. Yeah. But yeah, and then uh, I know that you ended up going to Denver. How did they end up reaching out to you? And were there any other options that you had going into like the college decision process? 
Yeah, so Denver was one of the first people who I built a relationship with. I was still like kind of finding my finding my game. Uh, like when I was 16, 17, I had a good uh, USA camp and it kind of put me on the map a little bit. Um, I also grew a ton. I think I had like five inches in one summer and um, that really helped my game because I was more of a methodical player out there, um, which doesn't really work if you're five, six. So they had built a relationship. CC had built a relationship with me. Uh, but I had already, I had always had my heart set on BC, but they had just never, they had never reached out or like, I even like expressed interest and they're like, no, no. And then I ended up going to the BCHL and having like an awesome like start. And then they offered me, and then I just back to like the, my BCHL story. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go off the map. I'm not going to, I'm not going to commit to something just because I should. So I decided to stay closer to home, keep it between CC and DU. Um, I had some friends that went to DU and um, ended up being an awesome spot for me. And, and uh, funny story about uh, DU and Californians is they've had like California guys roll through there and it was uh, Gabe Gauthier and then Brett Rakshani and then it was me right after and we all were number nine sat, sat at the same stall as all the California kids it was their thing so it was wow. kind of a fun thing to be intertwined like that I felt really at home and um, my both my brothers went there we, we all lived in the same house and it was like we my parents just sold the house too so it, it served us for over a decade which is insane wow that's awesome that's yeah. super cool about like the whole uh number nine thing and getting to be in that same rotation and stuff that's super yeah I think Gabe Levin wore it after me and then I don't I'm not sure who wore it after him but it was a California connection that you just kind of overtook the number nine and then because I wanted a different number and they're like nah you, you have to take number nine. Oh, I was right. gonna yeah that's what I was gonna ask you I was gonna say like were you were you all just big number nine fans or were they just oh, like I, I, I didn't really care I I actually wanted a 78 I, I've always liked 78 um it's what I wore in Penticton it's what what I wore the year before Penticton it was kind of same thing going back to all these decisions I'm making it's a number that no one wears it's just yeah. kind of it's something a little different a little off the cusp and um uh, they said no way, especially they don't do high numbers there. I don't know if that's still the same case. Wow. It was like one through 30. Um, and then Rhett, Rhett graduated the year I came in and then I took over nine. Wow. Yeah, no, I think that's super true though, about, uh, the whole picking like unique numbers. I mean, obviously you grow up loving numbers because of certain players you like, but you kind of want to make your own name for yourself and have that same like connection with kids growing up being like oh I want to wear Bo's number and stuff like that yeah that's exactly my thought process it's like you don't you can't compare me to anyone because no one was wearing 78 I don't I don't know I think a couple guys wear it now I think Rody and Ferraro on uh, San Jose but other than that I haven't seen many guys wear it over the years no that's a slept on number I actually yeah. <laughs> I want to lie well anything those like 70s to like I don't know, high 90s is just like prime time for me. Yeah, so I think they, they keep you away from that because they don't want to come off as cocky, but 78 still low enough where it's uh, it's kind of can be like, all right, well, it's a random number or it's like a rookie number. Sometimes you get that if you come into rookie camp, they just give you a random number like 78. Yeah, for sure. But that leads me into asking you about your draft day experience. Uh, how was that like? And uh, did it live up to expectations in your eyes? 
Yeah, I mean, I honestly, the, the whole year was such a blur. I didn't even think anything of it. Draft ended up being in L.A., had so many friends and family there. My agent had told me, like, hey, you can go, like, anywhere from, like, 6 to 46, you know, like, and I I had had, like, I had had an unreal finish to the season, and then I injured my wrist, and then my playoffs was, it was still okay, but it just wasn't what I was keeping up with in the regular season. Um, so I was kind of a little bit, not nervous, I just a little bit unknown, and then I ended up hearing my name called at 20, which was like, to go to Pittsburgh, such a cool organization with uh, like guys like Sid, you know, Latang, Flurry, and um, they were just already in the running for Stanley Cups year in and year out. So it was kind of awesome to go to an organization and um, just kind of fit in and as opposed to try to build something new. For sure. Yeah. And then you end up winning a Stanley Cup in Pittsburgh. Could you tell me about that experience? I mean, it's everything you dream of as a kid hoisting the cup definitely had to be one of the best moments of your life yeah it was it was an unreal it was a the most uh bittersweet year of my entire life because I had had a good start to the season and then uh, I think in December we just switched coaches from uh Johnston to Sullivan and my first game I got hit by Oshi and I my shoulder is still like mangled from that oh uh, yeah so that that whole oh thing God. happened um, and then coming out of it, I came back a little too early. It was a little bit, not bis misdiagnosed, but they just really hadn't seen like something like that severe, um, without like breaking your collarbone. So first game back or one of the first games back, I tried to hit someone, my shoulder tears through even more, more stuff that it's not supposed to tear through kind of just supporting the team being around the team through playoffs kind of didn't really um expect to get in the lineup at all um because i was not healthy i was probably 50 percent at that point um but i wanted to just be a, a friend of the guys basically a, a fan of the team with the best seat in the house and lifting the cup was awesome but it is like it's, it's a weird experience because you you didn't really do anything to help the boys other than leading up to that point, maybe the years prior or um, or whatnot, but just to be around the guys and then bringing it home was like the, the best feeling. Like bringing it, bringing it home to California was awesome because I got everyone together that it's ever, I've ever played with basically and or coached me and just as like an ode to them, like, hey, like you guys are all part of this. Thanks for getting me to that point to even be able to be on the ice. Would have loved to have been out there playing, but um hindsight 2020 worked out for the best yeah, yeah it's obviously a grind and I know that you might not think that even though you didn't play as much as them but it's like you grinded for that moment and injuries are part of the game and you definitely deserve every bit of that in my opinion yeah I mean honestly it was such like a it was an awesome experience I would I would have just loved to had the blood, sweat, and tears that the other guys that played the games had in the cup run. But at the same time, like, who knows, maybe I get traded if I'm not injured, like whatnot. So I was just happy to be a part of it at that point, be with some of my best friends and my teammates and uh, watch all the hard work they put in and just be supportive and uh, enjoy the ride. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, you ended up playing for the Devils, had a pretty good season. 
New Jersey organization, very good organization. Could you tell me a little bit about that experience and playing with guys like Paul Mary and Hall? Yeah, it was, it was actually, I had, I had a pretty good season. Like uh, the points didn't come, but like my, I, it was one of those seasons where like my body felt pretty good, even though I was playing with my shoulder like that. Um, I kind of built my body to um, be okay with that going on. And the rest of my body was all taken care of. Uh, the points didn't come and the team success didn't come. And I was kind of one of the odd men, odd men out. You have to make changes when you, um, don't win games and I I understood that I mean it's I I there is a little bit of a tiff between who I was as a person and uh, uh, the route they wanted to go in terms of the team but I mean I had nothing but awesome experience there um, we just weren't very good so you're yeah. gonna have to change and um, which is fine because it's uh, I get it it's a business like you have to take your uh, never you have to never get too high, never get too low. And um, that's something I've always taken with me. For sure. And then you ended up playing in the KHL. Uh, how was that like? I don't think I've interviewed anybody who's played there. And I've definitely heard some interesting stories in the past from just watching like NHL tonight. Was it cool? And was it like worth the journey over there? Yeah. So I was, I, the next year I'd signed with St. Louis, I got sent down to Chicago um, had a great year, but my knees started hurting really bad. Um, I just have some uh, um, some tendon problems with my knees, and I I played through it. Um, just kind of figured out how to maneuver on the ice to still be productive, still be a um, a positive aspect for the team. Uh, we had a really good team. I we won our division that year, and I I love playing in Chicago for the Wolves. And then going into that summer. I had kind of a negative outlook towards hockey just because of how bad my knees were hurting at the time. Uh, so I didn't really expect anything. I just started trying to train. I had a bunch of weddings I had to go to. So I was training in between that. And then all of a sudden I had got QO'd by St. Louis, but I, they didn't want to resign me, which is, which is fine. You know, like they knew I was injured at the time. Um, but coming out of that, I kind of had super limited options. So I couldn't really sign anywhere else um, in the AHL even. So my agent basically said, it's here's money to go in the KHL. Um, you have to leave basically in like a week. You're missing training camp. Um, at that point, I really hadn't skated um, going into the, to our preseason. But I got over there. I felt I felt okay on the ice. Um, bigger ice sheet though, so now my knees are even more of a factor. Um, and I just I had some aspects of my life outside that I had to come home and take care of. And I ended up just leaving five games in um, to come home. I did uh, attend a, a funeral at the time, and then I stayed here because I needed to get my knees fixed. And then I took that year off. Nothing bad to say about Russia. It's different strokes for different folks. Uh, yeah. Some people go over there, they have a great time. Uh, there's good situations over there. There's good money over there. Um, there's unbelievable hockey players over there. Um, for me at that time, I just couldn't, I couldn't make it work with everything I had going on uh, with my body and outside of, in the outside world. So 
I came over home to take care of it. And then I take, took that year off of hockey to try to get all my ducks in line going to the next season. For sure. Would you say that your uh, knees are like a hundred percent now? Buddy, my knees are not good. So, <laughs> so I, so I'll just keep running through my career as we go here. So I signed with Tucson or yeah, with coyotes on a two way, uh, got surgery on my right knee. Uh, to clean up some things. Had a great off season because my off season started in about January when uh, I got fully healed from my surgery. Just rehab, enjoyed my time with my family and my friends. Everyone was playing hockey at the time. So it was kind of like a, my first time not doing that since I was four years old. Um, so it was awesome to just kind of uh, take a step back and just kind of enjoy regular life while I was still preparing, wasn't expecting anything going to the next year, ended up signing with uh, the Coyotes, um, which it, it was awesome for me. It was close to home. First time I was in a place that was like, like just a drive for my parents so they can come visit me. Um, got sent down right, right at the beginning of training camp. And I wanted to build with the, with the Tucson Roadrunners and being one of the older guys now, I was 28 uh, at the start of last season. And we actually had an unreal team, kind of had a couple hiccups there, but ended up winning our division. And the, the season got ended before playoffs, but it was just one of those things where I got thrust into an unreal, unreal spot with good AHL players mixed with good young players coming into the organization. And we won a lot of games. So it made my time uh, in Tucson really fun. Definitely. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Awesome story. And they have awesome uniforms, too. I think yeah, are, they do. They uh, really do. And would you say that the atmosphere and the like arenas there were pretty good compared to like yeah, so like Tucson's awesome because the, the quality of life when it's always 75 degrees out is like you're just walking around, people are having food on patios. It was it was it was just a huge change of pace for me compared to where I played in the past. Um with the Chicago, the New Jersey, the Pittsburgh, Russia. So it was one of those things I really enjoyed being on the West Coast. Um, and we had great fans. We were really close to our home team. So when guys got called up, they get called up for a day, maybe get sent down the next day. So it was our team was ever changing, which was fun for us because we were new guys in the locker room, new guys to build relationships with, new guys to win on the ice with. So from an AHL standpoint, it's, it's, one, it's top notch. Definitely. Yeah, I'm trying to go see a game down there now. Me in Arizona, everything. But yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up then for my career based questions. I mean, there's so many things on the list that we could go down, but I think we pretty much hit all the main things. And uh, that takes us right into the off ice stuff, which it's kind of like quick, whatever first thing comes to your mind type of questions. And uh, I'll just start it off. Uh, who is your favorite artist, musical artist? Uh, Odessa. Uh, you're on a deserted island and you get to bring three items. Which items are you bringing? Deserted island. Does it have cell phone service? Yes. You have Wi-Fi and you have a plug-in, I guess. So yeah. uh, that's the rule. Yeah, I'd take a boat. You can't bring a boat. I'd probably bring a phone, 
I would probably bring, what can I live without? I'd probably bring this hat right here just to protect myself a little bit. And uh, I would probably bring a speaker to pass the time so I could play music. Probably not your normal three things to bring, but if I'm going to be there alone, I'm going to have some fun. No, that's solid. I think that's really good. But that leads me into the next question. Uh, you're, what celebrity would you bring with you on that island? You get to bring what one. Celebrity? What celebrity would I bring with me? If I'm trying to get off, I'm bringing like Bear grills. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if I'm stuck on there, I'm bringing like Will Ferrell or something just to enjoy my time. Be stranded, make me laugh, make me pass the time. So, yeah, that's been two names that have been pretty popular throughout it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what is your favorite restaurant and fast food chain if you eat fast food? Fast food is Taco Bell. Um, kind of disappointed that they discontinued the Mexican pizza, but that uh, for sure Taco Bell or In N Out, just being a California guy. And then favorite restaurant um it's i mean you would not know it but it's this uh italian joint back in uh, hermosa beach called uh it's called the bottle in just unreal spot cheap wine good food that's all you need well that's good to hear that's why we asked so so then when i come down there sometime in the future and i know i'll go there bottle in bottle in. i'm telling you i won't disappoint for sure uh i know you've been traveling around the world all your life uh, if you could live anywhere, where would it be? Uh, probably a place I haven't been, Italy. Um, I would love to just go over to Italy. I, I'm, I'm thinking about doing it in the future of just kind of doing like six months over there, um, see everything, just kind of get, get out of the real world a little bit, maybe turn off my phone for a month or two and just kind of kind of immerse yourself in a different culture. I've been, I've seen everything in America and like, I, I like my different spots, but I definitely don't like staying in one place for too long. But uh, I think Italy is somewhere, somewhere that I've always really liked, um, been interested in, and uh, I, I love my wine. So uh, it'd be a good spot for me. Definitely. Totally agree with seeing new cultures and stuff. I haven't even been out of the country yet. So <laughs> definitely a goal of mine as well. But uh, all right, next one. What is your favorite food? Kind of similar restaurant, but favorite food, uh, probably uh, I make steak tacos that I like. I, whenever I have buddies in town or friends that I've cooked for, I just make tacos that I I love. Like that's my favorite food that I'll I'll cook whenever I need. When I have three days set aside, I know I'm going to have leftovers. I'll just make tacos and have them three nights in a row. It's that's my comfort food for sure. Have you been making them like since you were little or was it something that you kind of like? It's what my parents did. Uh, we usually did, uh, we grew up just doing like tacos on Tuesday because my mom was always cooking for us. I don't know how she did it with four kids and four different hockey schedules, but there was always food on the table. On Tuesdays we do um, ground beef tacos and it kind of developed into, all right, we're sick of ground beef. Let's do like tri-tip tacos. And then now it's like plank steak tacos. So now I kind of have my own way of doing it. My parents have their own way of doing it. So it's a good little mix whenever we get together. Yeah, for sure. You can never go wrong with tacos in my opinion. Yeah. You eat that every night. But yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite goal from your career? Favorite goal for my career? Uh, 
it's got to be that first uh, playoff goal, most memorable. Um, yeah, versus the Islanders. My, I mean, I remember that one more than anyone. I don't have many, but I remember my first goal. Like uh, I don't even remember scoring on the ice. It was such like a blur. It was a five on three. I'm out there with guys like Sid, Neil, Cooney, uh, Latang. I'm like, holy snakes! Like how am I? How am I even out here? I think Gino was hurt at the time, so I, I just kind of lucked my way into that one. But uh, it was a great opportunity for me, and I just – I don't even remember it. I just remember, like, that whole thing was a blur. Um, so I wouldn't even say that's memorable. So I'll, I'll go with the Islanders goal. Definitely. And do you have a go-to Selly from your career? Uh, not really. I, I mean, in, in the AHL, when I got a little more confidence where I didn't really care what people thought about me from the outside, I would just go straight controller disconnected hands up for like a whole zone and people were like what's wrong with this guy <laughs> and i would literally oh. just not move or like i i mean i i do get excited when it's i get excited when anyone scores on our team like i i do love winning it makes life fun uh once you leave the ring so um i mean my celebrations on the bench were just as gnarly as when i'd score a goal so it was i whenever i scored it's probably a little bit less than when other people scored definitely and uh, do you uh, play any video games by chance? Uh, I don't. I, I never played any sports games. I played like Guitar Hero and like um, like DDR growing up, Dance Dance Revolution. And then, <laughs> and then it transferred into, I got a little older, played a little bit of COD once I turned pro. And when I was in college, just because of how much time you have in your hands. Uh, played Fortnite when it was a little bit popular. And then just over the last year and a half, like, I'm just not good enough to like keep up and it just like kind of like why am I giving myself anxiety so yeah. I just stay away from it exactly well you got to play like all the time in order to be good and if yeah. you're living in Cali it's like there's a million other things I could be doing right now yeah exactly yeah definitely um oh yeah I was gonna ask you are you a sneakerhead by chance like are you big into shoes I am not um I I have one pair of shoes uh, that I wear every day. Um, I just washed them so I can wear them out tonight. Um, I, I don't really, I like uh, wearing different t-shirts, kind of like off the cusp t-shirts that are like, like I just bought a, like a Taco Bell t-shirt or like a Coca-Cola t-shirt. I got, I just bought a Ratatouille t-shirt, just kind of like things that like people are like, all right, why is that kid wearing that? But my style is pretty, pretty bad. So um, I keep it pretty simple and uh yeah, sneakers is not my thing. I don't know about that. I mean, it's whatever it's whatever you think is good. You know, I think yeah, that's it's, it's simple. It's simplistic. <laughs> but I never have to really think about what I'm going to wear. I just put on the same. I have three pairs of shorts and a bunch of random T-shirts. So it's pretty easy. Exactly. I like easy. Well, yeah, you can uh, chirp whoever's chirping you for your style. Be like, well, how much you you spend on all that stuff? It's like I got the money in my pockets now. Yeah, seriously, honestly, and. Honestly, uh, people know me for my, what I wear, kind of like, oh, Bo's in, his, Bo's in his white shirt and his camo shorts again. Like, it's like the same, it's like their life's on repeat when they see me. But at least I've always taken that out of that factor out of my life because I grew up going to private school and we always had, um, we always had uniforms. So kind of just, I didn't really think about it. I just kind of put on the same thing every day and let my personality do the talking or hopefully- yeah. 
exactly well yeah that's what i've noticed with like buying like the expensive stuff it doesn't make people look at you any differently in my opinion it's like well it's i don't know i don't know such yeah i mean if they if, if they're a person wearing cool stuff but the crappy person's like all right yeah so crappy no matter what you wear exactly exactly and it's like what are, what are you gonna say you're gonna say oh that's a cool shirt but then like they paid their whole like month's paycheck for the whole outfit so yeah, it's like, well, worth it. <laughs> yeah exactly but uh all right oh i was gonna ask you uh who do you think has the best unis in the nhl the best unis in the nhl i i mean i love the pittsburgh i mean i'm a little bit biased from uh, the pittsburgh yeah. And I'm also biased. The the retro kings, I think, are like elite. The purple and golds are. I grew up. Uh, that was my youth jersey for the junior kings. My 16 and 17 year old year was those purple and golds. And I think those are just like they're so different, but they look so clean that um, I think those are those are pretty awesome. For sure. Yeah. No. I I think I did like a ranking of them and. Uh, everybody who follows like the pod and stuff said that that was a for sure number one like you yeah. can't even argue it yes. but yeah I don't know the wild the wild got some pretty cool ones too in my opinion I think. yeah I, did, I mean whoever's creating these are doing a good job because at least it's a little bit new it's a little bit more fun like um, the Pittsburgh thirds are sick the ones that just say Pittsburgh across. oh yeah they're doing a good job keeping fans engaged and wanting to buy more. So I'm sure they're doing great revenue wise. Definitely. Well, yeah, I think I, I ordered like two or three. So they're, they're getting at my bank account. By yeah, they're doing the right thing. But yeah, for sure. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, I mean, you might be a little biased to it, but uh, you get to pick Sid or McDavid. Who are you choosing to be on your team? Well, Honestly, if you're doing Sid, Sid at the same age as McDavid, I'd do Sid. I mean, because you're getting him for the same amount of time, and I'm biased. I, I like he's an awesome guy. He's a great captain. Yeah. Not taking anything away from McDavid, but I think because McDavid's so good, people forget how good Sid was from those years on too. Like yeah. he's a, he's definitely the new guy, the new up and coming stud. Like him, McKinnon. Like these guys are. These guys are insanely good, um, but I think it just kind of people forget how good Sid was and still is. Like Sid's 33, maybe 34 or whatever he is, and he's still I, – I don't think he's had one season below a point per game. Like um, it just goes to show you like his um, – like he got injured in the prime of his career too, and he, he missed out on probably another 200 points there. He would be up to almost like 1,400 points right now. So it's uh, – it's a it's a loaded question because times are changing. It's like saying, oh, Wayne, Sid, or McDavid. Like, they're all different. They're all the best of their generations. So it's, it's hard to compare. I'd take Connor Mc, McDavid right now, but uh, if Connor was on the come up in 2005, 2006, I'd take Sid. Yeah, no, definitely. I totally agree with that. And that question has been brought up for like a while now on the podcast. And I've been like hearing different answers because I kind of, yeah, I should have phrased it the way that you said it. That's how I've been phrasing it, like prime Crosby or current McDavid. But yeah, it's just so, it's so difficult because they're not playing at the same time to like yeah. choose. Yeah, definitely. Well, that takes us to our trivia. 
and ends the off-ice questions. And like I said, I kind of explained it to you a little bit at the start, but you're going to have a minute to answer a bunch of random questions. And uh, after you're done, put you into a standing, see how you did with all the other people, kind of try to make it like a competition, want more people to come on and be like, oh, I'm going to beat Bo's score. He, he's the champion, stuff like that. I will not be the champion. I'll be, I'll be the <laughs> I'm sure you'll do fine. I tried to make it. I tried to make it. There's some questions related to you. So you okay. should, you should hopefully I know those ones. <laughs> I'll get my timer out. And are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. What is the name of Plankton's restaurant in SpongeBob? Uh, the Chum Bucket. What's the baby's name in Family Guy? Stewie. How many points did you have for the Penticton V's? 120 in regular season, 14 in playoff. Which artist made the song As Long As You Love Me? Uh, uh, Justin Bieber. Who's the current captain for the St. Louis Blues? Um, Ryan O'Reilly. What's the capital of California? Sacramento. What's the Penguins mascot's name? Um... What's the New Jersey Devil Stadium called? Prudential Center. Oh, what's the tallest building in the world? Um, uh, Freedom Tower. Uh, name a frozen pizza company. Red Baron. Who won the 2012 Stanley Cup? Uh, the Kings. Who was the CEO of Facebook? Mark Zuckerberg. Name a player in the LA Dodgers. Mookie Betts. All right. I think that oh, was oh, pretty is, solid. Pretty what solid. is the penguin's name? Uh, I think uh, it is Iceberg. Iceberg. I was going to say Pensberg. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, shoot. I missed I miss one, I'm pretty sure. And, the, and then I, I didn't know the Freedom Tower. I, I don't know what the tallest building is. It's like the Burj Khalifa or something. Something Khalifa or something. Is it in Dubai or something? Yeah, yeah, in Dubai. Yeah. I, like, I got to have a tricky one because it's so hard uh for how many we or we did in the past where uh there's so many questions that uh have already been asked or people like argue they're like oh you gave Bo easy questions but you gave yeah. Johnny whatever and he got 20 or something I don't think anybody's gotten 20 I forget the record might be 15 but oh yeah I forgot there's a bonus question at the end and it's worth two points Tomorrow's game, game three, the Avalanche or the Knights, who's going to win? Um, the Avalanche are going to win. The Avalanche are going to win four, two. Four to two. If you get it right, if you get the score right, I don't think we've had anybody guess the score right. Uh, that'll be five points added to the score. <laughs> five <laughs> points added. So basically an automatic champion. If, All if, right. Get the score right. <laughs> I like that. Perfect. Awesome. Well, that pretty much wraps it up. And uh, I kind of like to ask the guests after every podcast, if you could do like, uh, this is Bo Bennett and you're listening to Brody Talks Hockey or something like that. If you could just give me a little something like that. All right. This is Bo Bennett. Thanks for listening to Brody Talks Hockey. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Bo, for your time. It means a lot. I hope you had a fun time. I had a great yeah. time.
Yeah, no, that was awesome, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Um, if you ever want me to come back on, um, I'd be happy to do that. Uh, tell you a little bit more about what I got going on now, life outside of hockey. So, and then we can make some more picks. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll, I'll make sure to definitely have you back on down the road. I'm going to keep grinding it out, keep trying to get guests on, but uh, always going to have, have your name on the back of my mind. Thank you again so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your night, man. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thanks. Uh, you have a great night too. Peace out, Bo.